welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's April 18th, 2019, and this is episode 18. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. I didn't record a podcast last week. I was at the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival. So here are some films that have recently opened or are opening tomorrow. And I'll be talking more about the film festival later in this podcast. Uh, new in theaters last week, so again, it's still there <laughs> this week, <laughs> is uh, Missing Link, which is a stop-motion animated comedy from Leica Studios and distributed by Annapurna Pictures. This is directed by Chris Butler, who uh, has worked for, uh, on other projects at Leica. And uh, here's, here's the summary. Meet Mr. Link. He's 8 feet tall, 630 pounds, and covered in fur. But don't let his appearance fool you. He's funny, sweet, and adorably literal, making him the world's most lovable legend. Tired of living a solitary life in the Pacific Northwest, Mr. Link recruits fearless explorer Sir Lionel Frost to guide him on a journey to find his long-lost relatives in the fabled valley of Shangri-La. Along with adventurer Adelina Fortnite, our fearless trio of explorers encounters more than their fair share of peril as they travel to the far reaches of the world to help their new friend. So I believe that they're, that Mr. Link is, is uh, Bigfoot or, or Sasquatch of some, of some sort. Um, I've heard this is a really fun family film. Uh, the voice cast is great. It's got Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, uh, Zach Galifianakis, Timothy Oliphant, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, and Matt Lucas. Um, I just think maybe the only thing to comment on is the marketing hasn't been particularly good on it. I think it's been a little unclear what the film is about, and they haven't made it look that appealing. Uh, which is kind of a bummer because I hear it's 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 really a fun family film. So, uh, Missing Link is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for action and peril and some mild, rude humor. All right, now the horror movie of the week. Uh, blah. Uh, this one is called The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, again, it's a horror film from New Line Cinema. It's directed by Michael uh, Chavez. I'm hoping I'm saying his name correctly, who is making his feature directorial debut with this film. Uh, this um, this film, here's you know here's the little description. There's no escape from La Llorona, the weeping woman. Uh, a horrifying apparition caught between heaven and hell, trapped in a terrible fate sealed by her own hand. The mere mention of her name has struck terror around the world for generations. Uh, her tears are eternal, they are lethal, and those who hear her death call in the night are doomed. La Llorona creeps in the shadows and preys on the children, desperate to replace her own children that she drowned in a jealous rage. Um, as the centuries have passed, her desire has grown more voracious, and her methods are more terrifying. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's a full-on pass for me. Uh, the Curse of La Llorona is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for violence and terror. Shocking. Um, okay, and then last up is Penguins. 
Penguins is a documentary from the folks at Disney Nature. Uh, it's a coming-of-age story about a penguin named Steve, who joins millions of fellow males in the icy Antarctic spring on a quest to build a suitable nest, find a life partner, and start a family. None of it comes easy for Steve, especially considering he's targeted by everything from killer whales to leopard seals who unapologetically threaten his happily ever after. Uh, you know, these Disney Nature's documentaries, I think, have all been pretty solid. This is from the same filmmaking team uh, behind Disney Nature's Bears and Chimpanzee. Uh, and they often open, you know, these Disney nature films around Earth Day, um, which is April 22nd. Uh, this one opened a little uh, earlier. Uh, I'm hoping to see this film while it's still in playing in IMAX. And uh, it's narrated by actor Ed Helms of uh, The Office fame. And, you know, it looks like it could be uh, a fun a fun thing and... Uh, Penguins have uh, do quite have quite an interesting life, and, and these Disney nature films, it, following just the long tradition of, of of the Disney true life adventures, you know, back from the from the fifties and the sixties, that really follow. They add some kind of a, a narrative to make to make it more interesting and appealing for a family audience. So, Penguins is rated G by the Motion Picture Association of America, and uh, again, uh, playing in IMAX at least for a few days before. It gets kicked out, uh, most likely by Avengers Endgame, which is opening up um, next week. We'll be talking about that in next week's podcast. So anyway, new in theaters this week or or um, or possibly last week too is <laughs> Missing Link, The Curse of La Llorona, and Penguins. mentioned i was at the 2019 turner classic movie classic film festival in los angeles last weekend and i just want to uh, talk a little bit about the experience for those of you who might not have had a chance to go to this film festival and then talk a little bit about the films i've also put a blog entry up about my experience of the films that are at the film festival and you can you know read uh, about some of the movies that I saw, if if uh, if you're interested, so this was the tenth annual film festival that Turner Classic Movies or TCM, the the cable network channel that shows you know movies uncut and commercial free. Uh, they, this is the tenth year that they've done this festival, and it was pretty cool because also this. Festival coincided with the actual 25th anniversary of the Turner Classic uh, Movies Network. It launched on April 14th, 1994, and uh, the first film that they played on you know on that night in 1994 was Gone with the Wind, and so uh, Gone with the Wind was also screened at the festival. <laughs> And they played it on, on the network, too. <laughs> I'll get to that more in a bit. But uh, So it was kind of a special thing that to have both of these, the 25th anniversary of the network and then the 10th anniversary of this film festival. What this film festival is is basically 
a, a chance to go uh, to some famous, very famous movie theaters in Hollywood, California, and see classic movies. You know, many of them famous films, and some of them unknown. They curate an interesting festival for this, for this event. Uh, but it's to see them on the big screen, and uh, they they typically bring in some really interesting talent to introduce the films. Some of these people actually worked on the films, uh, actors or people that worked on you know the production team. If 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 no one's alive, which is often the case, because some of these films that they screen are you know definitely older, they bring in a film you know different film historians or writers. Or even, or even hosts from the from from the Turner Classic Movies Network, and so it's always interesting. So you always get some kind of cool introduction, and again, possibly some kind of a celebrity sighting or two, and then and then you get to see these movies uh, on the big screen in some really great in some really great venues. So the venues that they typically use at the Turner Classic Movies, the 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 main one is is the classic Chinese theater there in uh, right there on Hollywood Boulevard. The, the Chinese theater, it was originally uh, Grauman's Chinese theater named after Sid Grauman, who was the, you know, the, the, uh, the owner, the theater owner. Uh, for many years, it was Mann's Chinese theater. M-A-N-N, Mann was the theater chain, you know, back in the day. Now it's owned by, which is kind of ironic, a Chinese company called TCL, and you might have seen TCL's name. I know I've seen it on on some some lovely uh, plasma TVs, some 4K TVs at Costco. <laughs> but anyway, uh, TCL owns owns the owns the Chinese theater. Next door to the Chinese theater is the big Hollywood and Highland complex it's a big it's a big mall that's built around what's the now it used to be the kodak theater originally now they call it the dolby theater but it's where they host the academy awards show every year so you've probably seen that on tv they don't use that dolby theater as one of the venues of of the of this film festival but also in this mall is a is a little as a multiplex with with six six smaller theaters and Turner Classic Movies usually use two or three of them. This year they used two. So so uh, those are pretty close. They're just right next to each other. The, the giant Chinese theater. I don't know how many seats that, that theater holds, but it's a lot. I don't know if it's like 900 or something. I mean, it's, it's a really big theater. And it's also, it's an IMAX. It's a certified IMAX theater too. So just a, just a giant screen. And it's, you know, it's movie heaven seeing, seeing a movie in there. Uh, and then this multiplex, which is next door, they also screen movies at the Egyptian Theater, which is about two blocks away from the Chinese Theater. Uh, Grauman's also used to own or, or run run the Egyptian Theater. It's been somewhat. I, I think I think that it's 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 clearly not nearly as as opulent now as as as, as the Chinese Theater. It's been it's been restored. I think it must have must definitely. I don't know all the history of it. It must have fallen into somewhat uh, disrepair, and they've restored it, but not like a full on on restoration. It's it's usable. It's usable, but a lot of the um, 
a lot of the decor has has since been removed or probably just you know been broken or fallen off or whatever but uh it's so it's got kind of a more a modern feel to it inside the interior but it's still it's still a, it's a cool venue and it's got a, a a neat kind of courtyard at the entrance and uh it's kind of designed around like an egyptian temple and uh, it's it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun experience as you might have read well currently the 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 uh egyptian theater is run by uh a group called the american cinematique and they they uh have they do kind of classic film revivals and other things associated around film history but netflix has been rumored about buying the the egyptian theater i hope they 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 do and frankly i hope they pony up some money and really restore it or bring it back to what what it was that's again my dream because i you know i love these big movie houses um anyway uh also, one final venue that they used this year at the Turner Classic Movies, which was a new one, and it was it's a it's 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 a bit of a walk. Um, again, I didn't I didn't clock the distance, but it, it you know they they say to take a, you know plan about twenty minutes to walk walk there, and it was you know I think I got there maybe in fifteen, but but uh, or less, but it's it's uh, the American Legion. Oh, built this uh, it's 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 post 43 so it's the post that's there you know serving serving the there in southern california but they built this this uh, theater in uh the early i think it was maybe 1919 if i if, if i remember correctly but they've they've recently restored this this theater and it's it's wonderful they've got again great sound and great great projection lovely seats and uh i was i i think everybody that that made the hike to it was re- was really impressed and i hope that, that that's something that they'll, they'll add to it so anyway they've got films in all these venues meaning that you've got to choose which one you're going to go to because they've got a film happening pretty much in all in all of these theaters uh at, at the same time so uh what about you know usually around a month before the festival the festival is typically in in april every, every year they'll send out a full schedule they kind of slowly release which films are going to be coming to the festival but about you know three month to three weeks before they send out a a full-on schedule and that's where the first world problems begin because she you need to make a decision of how or what you know what films you're going to see because you've got all these different options and then the other thing is to you've got to plan what kind of what your priorities are because uh, typically you need to be in line about an hour before the film starts uh, they've got this down I think to a really good good science and it's a bit low tech but I think I tell you it for me, it works. I got into every film that I wanted to this year because I was able to get in line, you know, around uh, an hour to 50 minutes before each screening. But it's because I had, I really planned. Uh, but you, you get in line about an hour before and then they hand out, literally they have a stack of, 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 of little papers that they have printed out for each screening and uh, you get a number, 
and they just they, and then you hold on to this number and it's it's your place in line and then they give you about 50 you know you kind of depending on when they actually get the number uh they give you you get about a 20 minute break and then you need to get back in line which is usually around 30 minutes before the screening and then that's when they start to load load the theater so you get a few minutes to try to grab a bite to eat or catch a bathroom break or something. <laughs> so basically you can be seeing movies from around 9 a.m. when they start, you know, to to 9 p.m. when they, they usually do like a, you know, a late show at 9 p.m. And then a couple of the nights they actually do two, they do a midnight screening of, and the midnight screening is just, they just have one show. They don't have multiple ones you can choose from. <laughs> they just have one. And they're usually some kind of a quirky, uh, quirky thing. But that's, that's kind of how the, how it works. And it's honestly, it's, it's, it's such a challenge when you have to pick which movies you want to see. Cause there's so many, they always program things that I, I mean, I want to see everything for the most part. Of course, unless it's a horror movie, right? I never want to go to those, but, uh, Otherwise, uh, you know, these are movies that, I, that you, you just want to see. So you, you have to choose wisely and, and, and plan. So, uh, for example, I like the, the, the movies that I saw up at that American Legion uh, place. or the, Actually, I used to actually went to one presentation up there. But you just have to plan accordingly. So, if you, so to give you enough time to get back so you can get in the queue and get, get a number to get into the next one or... Or you're turned away. I mean, if you're turned away from a movie, it's not the it's not World's End because you've got all these other choices. But they might also be full too, um, or you just you know might be stuck seeing a movie that you don't necessarily want really want to see. But that's uh, again first world first world problems. <laughs> I bought what they call the classic pass, and the classic pass gets you in to everything with the exception of. An opening night gala and screening and party, which frankly I don't really want to go to anyway. Although the opening night gala is, is usually a movie that's getting some kind of a commemorative, you know, celebrating some kind of anniversary or something cool. And then it, uh, they, they t typically have some kind of a celebrity associated with it or something neat, like they're going to do uh, a handprint or something in the in the to add to the courtyard of the Chinese theater uh anyway this year it was celebrating the 30th anniversary of the film when Harry met Sally so director Rob Reiner was there and also Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan who were the stars in the film they were there so I I didn't get to go to that because I didn't have the fancy ticket so TCM is usually good about showing some of that stuff on, on the network or putting it out on their website or social media. So I figure I'm just going to have to live vicariously through that. And when Harry Met Sally is also going to be shown um, as part of their uh, TCM's big, big screen classic series later in the year. So I figure I'll get to see it on the big screen again. Anyway, again, just, just weighing, weighing things out and just deciding it wasn't going to be worth the extra money. Uh, to have that kind of pass, but the other the other passes, classic passes were great, and I and I've loved it. They have some other passes. Uh, one of them is called the Palace Pass, which I think just lets you see movies that are in the big Chinese theater and in the Egyptian, 
if I'm not mistaken. It might be only just in the Chinese theater. It's not a pass that I've uh, purchased. Uh, but I know that's that's uh, a little more cost-effective option, but then again, it shuts you out from a lot of these other, uh, these other screenings. So anyway, uh, what's fun too is one... You know, for the most part, there are a couple, there were occasionally some snafus, but these are people that really are courteous moviegoers. And so they shut off their phones. Again, for the most part, there was, uh, you know, there was a screening or two where I was in where people were, were using their phones, which, again, super annoying uh, and rude. Uh, I mean, I know sometimes it's a necessity, but it's like, you know, take it outside, people. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, you can you can almost hear a pin drop during these screenings. People were just again just just respectful and great. But then it's fun because they they'll they'll uh, applaud or, or cheer at certain points in the film, uh, and and they're just appreciative as an appreciative crowd that knows you know that knows their stuff. So that that part is also super fun, and then. TCM does a nice job of getting really either, you know, it, it depends on the film. A lot of the films were, you know, just digital, uh, digital prints of the film. But there were some, like The Sound of Music was screened in 70 millimeter. I didn't go, I didn't go to that screening. Uh, sadly, again, it was one of those uh, hard choices you have to make. But then they also screened stuff in 35 millimeter and some of these prints they're from the Library of Congress or from the, uh, the UCLA uh, Motion Picture Library that they've got, uh, you know, where they do a lot of, of, of preservation. And then uh, they also show some films in 35 millimeter nitrate, which is, is really kind of a special thing. The Egyptian theater is equipped to do nitrate screenings. And, uh, you know, the nitrate, nitrate is that very volatile film stock and they have to be very careful with it as well as have a basically a certified production or a projection booth that's not going to catch the theater on fire if there's a problem with the nitrate with the nitrate print um anyway uh so that that's really you know that's really cool too so again it's just something that's unusual as part of the experience uh particularly for film nerds like myself so uh just some favorites the the uh, festival one of the, usually has a few different. They have an overarching theme. The, the the theme at the festival this year was love at the movies. So they showed you know a few movies uh, with with uh, with the love or a romance theme in, in in its in its you know different varieties. Uh, they also did a tribute to the 20th Century Fox studio. With, with the acquisition of, of 20th Century Fox by the Walt Disney Company, they weren't they weren't necessarily bemoaning that, but you know clearly the landscape's different. Uh, 20th Century Fox will the studio will continue to live under Disney, and and uh, the brand the brand will continue, of course. But but it's you know it's different. It's gonna it's it's gonna be different, and we'll just see how this pans out over time. Uh, but I attended some cool things. They had a they had a uh, interesting retrospective of it was about ninety minutes and it was it was a historian from that works for Twentieth Century Fox and he just went through 
uh, a bit of the history of the studio and showed some really interesting clips of, of stuff and basically everything from, you know, Shirley Temple films to Avatar <laughs> and, and everything in between. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. I learned, I learned a lot, and uh, just have a lot of respect for for 20th Century Fox as a studio. And really, some of the favorite films I, I saw at the festival were part of this 20th Century Fox tribute. I was able to see four films representing four different decades from the studio. Uh, probably my favorite one that I saw was Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is from 1953. I've seen this film before, but it was so, actually I've seen all of these films before. But it was so just so fun to see them on the big screen and in you know with this with this appreciative uh, crowd in these wonderful venues. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Uh, you know, stars Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell, and it's really the film that that catapulted Marilyn Monroe into the superstar stratosphere. And holy smokes, she deserved it. I mean, that that her performance in that film is so. Is, is so terrific and that's just it was just sexy fun uh so just so enjoyable and and uh and the crowd just ate it up that was i think part of it which made it so so fun too is that the uh the it was a packed house and everybody was just having a blast uh of course hooting at all the jokes and then uh even after the all the musical numbers uh there was an as enthusiastic applause, <laughs> you know, after Marilyn sings "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend" and all and all that stuff. So so much fun. Then from the uh, '60s, I saw a screening of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and uh, they brought in Burt Bacharach uh, to introduce the film. And it was so cool. That was, I think everybody was was starstruck. Even, even the uh, the host Eddie Eddie uh, Mueller, who who hosts the uh, Noir Alley show on TCM on on the on weekends. He he was he was talking to Bird, and he he himself even admitted, you know, he was pretty starstruck by this too. But uh, it was that was that was a. Uh, and, and again, I, 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 it's one of my favorite movies, and to see it on the big screen, and then and then Burt Bacharach came in and watched the movie too. They, uh, you know, I saw him. They 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 brought him up, and he sat out, he sat in the house and watched the film. So that was pretty cool. Uh, then from the seventies, they screened uh, the nineteen seventy seven Star Wars, so also known as Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. But it's yeah, see Star Wars in the Chinese theater where it. It made its debut in 1977. Was really something that I never thought I'd get to do. So uh, I was a happy kid. They showed the uh, the special edition, you know, that 1997 version where uh, George Lucas and Lucasfilm had added some scenes and made some modifications, which for diehard fans maybe <laughs> it's not their favorite but i was still just so happy to see it it was it was it was great and then from the 80s this is from 1988 uh, they showed the comedy working girl directed by mike nichols and starring melanie griffith and uh, harrison ford and sigourney weaver and again just i mean classic romantic comedy from the 80s and it's a good. It's a good film. It's still a timely film, and I, and I really enjoyed seeing it on the big screen. And again, 
in context with just these great films from 20th Century Fox. They showed some other films with 20th Century Fox, too. There was a Shirley Temple film. And, uh, you know, some other ones that they were screening that I just, that I couldn't attend. Um, I also loved seeing the Western from 1950, Winchester 73. That also happened to be on, uh, on TCM Essentials, uh, uh, list. So that was cool to be able to knock. That was the, the one and only film on the Essentials list that, uh, that I saw at the festival, and so that that actually that made me happy. Uh, really fun to see the uh, the screwball comedy My Favorite Wife with Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. I've seen that one before, but just to see it on the big screen, and uh, I believe that was also that was screened in thirty five millimeter. So that was that was neat. And then uh, I got to see Sleeping Beauty again, Disney Sleeping Beauty. I you know I had recent I've recently seen it. But they should, they were showing it at the film festival. It was the only Disney film being screened at the film festival this year. It, it's because it's celebrating its 60th anniversary. And they also had two animators that worked on the film. Floyd Norman and Jane Bear, who are still living. And they, you know, were there to talk about the production of this film. And holy smokes, you know, what a, what a, what a treat. They had some neat photo- photographs of them. Uh, to working at the studio there in the in the 1950s and uh, so I mean I just was was happy and and grateful. I've got a couple of beefs about the experience, which I'll just I'll just vent to you and then and then uh, also TCM is really good. They send out they send out surveys, so I'll be I'll I'll let them know. And I can't be alone in this, um, but. In that Chinese multiplex, which is right next door to the Chinese theater, uh, they have got the world's worst seats. Oh my goodness, I tell you, those theater seats that they've got in there, they are in such dire need of replacement. They were so uncomfortable. I was just squirming in in these screenings. And I think I heard some other people grumble about it too. But oh wow, I mean, they were so bad. Again, it's not it's not TCM's problem per se, but I hope that somebody can pony up some some uh, money to to update those because boy, they were torturing the film goers. Um, speaking of torture, too, I gotta tell you, I just have a, a real hate relationship. It's a strong word. But with Hollywood Boulevard, that place is such a challenge to deal with for me. You know, I never feel safe there. Uh, it's just it's just full of all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's like, it kind of feels to me like it's the Times Square of the West. And, you know, you just have to, you just have to be careful. And it's fine. I've never had a problem. But just be careful with, with my wallet and my bag. And it's just, it's the sea of humanity. There's a lot of tourists there, which makes sense because, you know, they're coming to see the Hollywood Walk of Fame, all the stars on the sidewalk. And then, and then uh, the Chinese theater is so cool with that courtyard with, you know, all of the hand and foot footprints in the cement. And there's just a lot of, and a lot of, a lot of that stuff, of course, is fun. But then it's teeming with all these hawkers and all these, um, street performers that have got this music, you know, they got the music cranked up to 11 and, 
not wanting to sound like, you know, an angry old man, but oh, it just every time I'd have to go out there, you just gird up your loins and just 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 try to get it done. Particularly when you'd have to walk from the Chinese theater to the Egyptian. Um, also, a lot of this, they've got some stuff with the fest festival over. It's a, immediately, a, it's kitty corner from the Chinese theater at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, which is a classic uh, hotel that's still in operation there in, in Hollywood. And it's really kind of the headquarters of the film festival. They've got an information desk there. They've got uh, an area they refer to it as Club TCM, but it's a ballroom there where they've got, they do some presentations and uh, there's autograph, you know, you get books, there are book signings and different things that go on, some autograph sessions and different, and different things that go on. But even have to walk over there too, it's just like, ugh, please don't make me go out, out there along Hollywood Boulevard. Um, it's really, it's really the worst. My final gripe, and I think some of it's just, it's just, it's just me and I'm, and wanting to be able to do better, but you because you only get like these 20 minute breaks in between screenings, if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to go to movies all day, there's very little time to grab any food. So I try, I try to augment it. I mean, some of this is just kind of film festival survival one-on-one, but, uh, you know, I always just try to have a bottle of water with me. And then I packed some almonds and some granola bars and trail mix and other things that I can kind of munch on. And it also would just be easy to transport in, in my little, uh, a little bag that I just slept around at the festival but um, even just trying to grab a bite to eat, I mean, it's just, it's such a hassle. And everything I had that I tried was either really mediocre or really expensive or both. And so, I, you know, I got to talk to some more of these, these pros or, or people that are either locals or something to guide me on what are some better options. I was able to talk to a lot of people in line. And there's so many nice people at this festival. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, meeting meeting some nice new people and 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 people from all over the country uh, that that are just film lovers and and so that's just fun to meet someone with with that common common interest. It's also fun to meet some people that I follow on social media that are big TCM and classic movie fans. To be able to meet them in person was 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 a treat. Uh, and maybe they can give me some good counsel too <laughs> on survival, on survival uh, during the, during the film festival. But overall, it was great. I loved it. I'm already planning to go next year if I can. Uh, it's just it's 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 classic movie heaven. It really is. And TCM does such such a nice job. So uh, anyway, that's the I I'll have some links on in the podcast uh to uh to some of these things if you want to learn more about the turner classic movie classic film festival and then also if you want to see which movies i saw or or read read a a, a blog recap it's it's out of my blog i'll have a link for it too in the podcast notes well that does it for this week's podcast thank you so much for listening again links and more information about everything discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com as always I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week whether whether they be from the past or present thanks again and see you next time